Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Passing By or Entering In by Pastor Sean Wood. For us this year, Lord, thank you for all of your faithfulness last year. Thank you for all of your faithfulness this year. Father, we pray that as we come around your word, you will open our hearts and open our eyes. We desire to see Jesus. Help us to see, Lord, I pray, in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, you'd like to meet me in Luke chapter 19. Uh, I'm not much of a movie buff. I, I don't go to the movies all that often. Uh, I take my boys to see the Expendables just so that they know some people are expendable. <laughs> just to reinforce the point. Uh, but it's interesting, you go to the movies, you watch something that goes for an hour and a half, two hours, and we think, you know, these guys shot this in a day, right? It all seems very seamless, no effort at all. But the reality is, for every movie that goes for about two hours, it's probably taken them six months, right? I mean, <laughs> and the heart of the director and the actors is, we're going to keep doing this scene until we get it right. And then there could be retake after retake after retake, and, and we could do, over, do it over, do it over, and all that sort of... Uh, that's great for movies, but it's not the case for our life. The Bible's clear. There's no do-overs. No retakes. You get one life to steward, by God's grace, then eternity. Scripture is clear that how we live our lives now has a massive weight on eternity. That's why I love the book of Ecclesiastes. It highlights really what we already know, is that our life is like a a breath. In regards to eternity, your life is barely even a blink of an eye. And Ecclesiastes reminds us that two things are imposed upon us that we have no control over, but we, by God's grace, are allowed to steward. That is death and time. God holds our birth date and our death date in his hand. And by God's grace, we're given the opportunity to steward that in between. And dying well looks like living well, right? And time is imposed upon us and God allows us to steward our time. And so as we embark on a new year, I want to encourage you and challenge you to seize the opportunities that you have this year in God. Don't waste your life. Uh, Sometimes I get uh, comments, God bless, and emails about some people say, you know what, you're pretty full on. Could you back it down a little bit? And uh, (laughs) in Jesus' name, God bless you, but no. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why um, eternity actually matters. And the decisions we all make now matter. I don't live with regret. I I thank the Lord for his faithfulness to me. And we shouldn't live in regret. We shouldn't look at uh, our lives with regret as we look back. But I do look back and go, you know what? I could have used my time better. For the Lord, that is. I also look back and go, you know what? I could spend a bit more time fishing. (laughs) Security. (laughs) Today, uh, as we make our way to Luke chapter 19, I want to talk about a man that seized his opportunities, but I I also want to bring in the context. 
Uh, it's interesting in uh, uh, in Africa. There's a there's a saying that says in Africa every morning a gazelle wakes up and knows that it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be eaten. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, in Africa every morning a lion wakes up and knows that it must run faster than the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. What's the moral of the story? It teaches us that when the sun comes up, you better be running. And uh, to seize, <laughs> in Africa, yes, <laughs> uh, but to seize the opportunities, right? You better be ready. And what I would like to say today, as we dawn into a new year, is that when God passes by, grab hold of him. We can easily fall into the trap of just going through the motions and thinking, well, you know, when God's ready to bless me, he'll just come. And, and the reality is scripture teaches us that, yes, God is sovereign and, yes, he's almighty and, and, yes, he works sovereignly in our lives, but we also must lay hold of the God opportunities that are given to us. And I want to talk about this morning briefly as we bring the context, I want to talk about one guy that missed that opportunity and two guys that grabbed hold of it and focus in on one. And as we come to Luke chapter 19, it's important to know uh, as we come into these verses, is that Jesus, since uh, chapter 9, verse 51, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke has set his face to go to Jerusalem. And uh, in fact, some translations say he set his face like flint. And that means he is determined, I am heading towards my Passion Week. That's where Jesus is going. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He has to be there to line all the prophecies up, remember he has to be there. So this is time sensitive for Jesus. And he's on his way to Jerusalem and he comes across one man to begin with who we know as the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and this guy has, has it all. Uh, he's very wealthy, he's very young, a bit like myself, still very young and uh, everybody said amen. <coughs> Amen. I don't have to call security yet. Okay. Uh, and he's still very young, but he has enormous affluence. You know, he, he would have been a leader of a local synagogue. He's the kind of guy that's got all the friends on Facebook. And, and when he's going to the marketplace, everybody stops to say hello to him. He's very important. Uh, and he's also very religious. And he comes to Jesus and says, what must I do? Mistake number one. And this morning, a relationship with God and Christianity isn't about what you do. It's not about adding Jesus. You see, what the rich young ruler wanted to do was he wanted to add Jesus to his life. I can see a benefit in you, Jesus, so I'd like to tack you onto the end of my life and add you to my resume. And he would go away from Jesus sad. It's possible. It's a confronting truth, but it's possible to be in the presence of Christ and leave unaffected. And what the rich young ruler failed to understand was, and what Jesus wanted him to know was, Christianity is not about another thing you do, it's about what you surrender yourself to have done to you. Because what does he say? He says, you still lack one thing. This guy thinks he's got it all together. He's trying to think of what it possibly is that he's missing. And Jesus says, you're missing something. Go and give all you have. Don't go home and mortgage the house and sell the car today. But what Jesus was telling the rich young ruler is, there's no room for me in your heart. It's clogged up with everything else. Then Jesus goes on from there. And he comes across a guy by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Oh, how I love Blind Bartimaeus. 
as he's nearing Jericho, he's not quite in Jericho yet, but as he's nearing Jericho, there's a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus just sitting by the road and he hears all the commotion. And so he ushers to the crowd and says, what's going on here? What's all this commotion? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He's passing by. If blind Bartimaeus was here today, if if he could give his testimony today, he will tell you categorically that had he not yelled out, Jesus would have kept on going. But not only does blind Bartimaeus yell out, and it's interesting what he yells out, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David. Hang on, David's been dead for years. No, no, blind Bartimaeus knows exactly who Jesus is. You're the one the prophecies speak about. You're the son of David. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus keeps walking. Ever had a prayer life that sounds a little bit like that? I've been praying, I've been yelling out to God, and it's like Jesus is just walking on by. And then everybody in the crowd comes up and says, look, Bartimaeus, just shut your can hole. But what I love about Bartimaeus is he doesn't listen to them and he won't allow them to rob him of his opportunity, so he yells all the more louder. Jesus stops. I believe that there are seasons and there are moments in our lives. I believe everybody in this room will encounter moments this year when Jesus could pass you by, when there are opportunities. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you today to grab hold of those opportunities. And we're going to hone in on one man that does and what it might mean for us to grab hold of our opportunities because the sad thing is that Jesus may pass us by. I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of guy. Um, if you want to set goals for the year, God bless you. That's a good idea. It's healthy to set goals, spiritual goals and physical goals. Uh, but I would encourage us to live with a resolve. Uh, Daniel, it says in Daniel 1 verse 8, that Daniel had resolved not to defile himself. And if you unpack that word in the Hebrew, it means that he had made his mind up before he got to Babylon, this is how I'm going to live my life. So I would in- encourage you to live with resolve. But uh, this year... Don't let this year go by. See, what's sad is when we make New Year's resolutions, most people say that by February, uh, everyone's forgotten their New Year's resolutions. God bless them. I'm done by January. <laughs> Mid- mid-Jan, my resolutions are out the window. That's why I don't make New Year's resolutions anymore. But uh, the sad thing would be not the position you're in right now. I just, before we go any further... You might, you might be here to say, saying, you know what, I, I, I feel like I've wasted time. I'd like to know the Lord better. I'd like to go deeper with the Lord. And, and the sad thing is not the position you're in right now. The sad thing would be is if we're having the same conversation in 12 months, where you haven't laid hold of an opportunity to go deeper with Christ. We're going to see, in fact, he's waiting for us and he's available. And so uh, Jesus goes past blind Bartimaeus after his encounter with that, and now he's in Jericho. Let's read chapter 19, verse 1. I love... By the way, we're going to read the account of Zacchaeus. I love Zacchaeus. Uh, Of all the characters in the Gospels, I love Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho, that's Jesus, entered Jericho, and he was passing through. Let's not make any mistakes there. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Jericho is 15 kilometres northeast of Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem is 15 kilometres southwest of Jericho, and it's all uphill from Jericho. Uh, you have to climb to about 3,300 feet, I believe. Uh, Robin, you've been to the Holy Land. I'm sure you can uh, attest to that. But uh, as he's passing through Jericho, let's make no mistakes, Luke is a very good historian. 
What he doesn't say is Jesus had planned to stay the night. He doesn't say that Jesus was on his way and when he got to Jericho, he was going to stay at Zacchaeus' house. Jesus wasn't intending to do that at all at this point in time. He entered Jericho and he was passing through and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Why is that important? The first century, tax collectors were Roman government officials and they would... They were commissioned by the Roman government to take taxes off people in their local community. And the Roman government didn't care how much you charged people for tax. They just wanted whatever they had stipulated, whatever that amount was. So the only way tax collectors could make money was to intentionally and unapologetically rip you off. A bit like the US exchange rate. <laughs> I get all my fishing rod from the US, so uh, it's increased my prayer life recently. He entered Jericho and he was passing through and there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector. Not only is he a tax collector, but he's overseeing many tax collectors. And tax collectors were, yes, they were rich. Yes, they had authority and power. They had Roman delegated authority and power in their local community. People did what they were told. They hated them, but they, they still paid their taxes and did what they were told because they had the Roman government behind them. And the tax collectors lived a very isolated life. In fact, they were considered by the Jews to be unclean. They couldn't approach the temple. They couldn't worship God and they couldn't engage in sacrifices. The tax collectors would walk down the road and everybody would cross to the other side of the street, those kind of guys. It's kind of like the Collingwood supporters in, in, in Melbourne. <laughs> and if you're a Collingwood here, supporter here this morning, we have an opportunity for prayer after the service. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He, he, he had plenty of possessions. You know what? Zacchaeus could be anybody in the church in the West. The, the global reality is this. If you eat three square meals a day and you have a roof over your head, you're considered to be in the demographic of rich globally. Many people struggle for that across the globe. And, and so Zacchaeus could be anybody in the Western church. He's got a bit of a history, Zacchaeus. It's interesting what happens when he hears about Jesus. Let's keep reading on. And there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector and he was rich. I love this next verse. This next verse uh, is, we're going to be all about this this year here at the Rock. Verse 3, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. I love that. Not what he could get from Jesus, but who Jesus was. Huge difference. Zacchaeus realised the most important thing is getting to know Jesus, not what he can get from Jesus. And so I, I want to encourage you, uh, as this year embarks, is, is, is Jesus somebody you add to your life? Is, is Jesus merely a means to get what you want? If I, if I follow Jesus, if I be a good person, if I, if I go to church, then surely God will bless me and give me all those things that I want. Well, that's not what Zacchaeus is doing here, this word seeking, I would challenge everybody to seek Christ this year. And seeking simply means, sometimes we might picture many different things of what that could look like, but it simply means to give your full attention and priority to something. That's simply what it means to seek. And I just want to rest that with you before we go any further. Does that does that sound like your relationship with Christ right now? You see, it's very easy 
to be distracted. It's very easy for our attention and our priorities to become about work. It's very easy for our attention and our priorities to become about all things that seem good, right? I need to study harder. I need to learn more. I need to, I need to work harder. I need to pay off my mortgage. All good things in and of themselves. But is Jesus the one that captures your fullest attention and all of your priority? Because that's what it means to seek. And I want to challenge you this year. Make 2023 the year you decide, I'm going to seek Jesus. Not for what I can get, but because I want to know who he is. Here's how you know a radically transformed heart. Here's one of the greatest signs of a truly converted heart. When, when, when you've been in the presence of Christ and the Holy Spirit's done his work, there's one uh, unchangeable sign that, is, uh, that you will see. You will see that uh, the priority goes from what we can get from Jesus to realising that the greatest blessing we could possibly ever achieve is the presence of Christ itself. And what we're going to see is when we place the value that Zacchaeus does on that, we will abandon ourselves. Worship looks different for each person, right? Some people like to lift their hands. Some people like to shake and wiggle. Some people do the Tassie two-step. Worship may look different for each individual, but true worship for every person, no matter what it looks like on the outside, will mean full abandonment before God. That's what true worship means. When you abandon yourself, when you don't care what the person next to you thinks or says or or whatever else, but you say, I'm going to worship God. That's what David did, almost in his underwear, if you have a look at He's dancing before. The presence of God will cause you to dance. David danced before the ark of the Lord. He completely abandoned himself. When was the last time we abandoned ourselves before God? When was the last time we cleared our agenda? When was the last time we said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything in the morning until I spend time in the word of God. When was the last time we gave his word and prayer the highest priority? When was the last time we prioritized church and and life groups? All these things that are important for our growth. More about that next week. but, But when was the last time we truly abandoned ourselves? Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was, but Zacchaeus is, like many of us, he has limitations, right? He's short. Uh, by the way, being tall is not all that's cut out to be. You hit your head a lot more than other people. Still hasn't knocked any sense into me. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not. Why? Because he was small of stature. And, and what, is, what would Zacchaeus say? If he was giving his testimony here today, what would Zacchaeus say? If Zacchaeus could tell us about this day, what would he say? He'd say, you know what? I was a tax collector. I was a downright rotten scoundrel and everybody hated me. But he would say, don't let your past disqualify you from grabbing hold of Jesus. That's what he would say. As we're coming into a new year, don't let all the failings of last year disqualify you from grabbing hold of Jesus. Here's another thing that Zacchaeus would say. Don't allow the limitations that are around you to stop you grabbing hold of Jesus. We all have limitations. We all have uh, weaknesses and, and shortcomings. What Zacchaeus would say is, Jesus doesn't turn anybody away. We're going to get there in a moment. But please note that Jesus is walking through crowds of thousands right now. But one man, the one that they all hate, 
he's going to have tea with the Son of God. Somebody asked me once, if you could have a meal with anybody throughout history, who would you have a meal with? Jesus. Right? And Zacchaeus can say, I've done it. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but for the crowd he could not. And don't let the crowd stop you grabbing hold of Jesus. Here's what I've learned about crowds. They can be fickle. I don't know if anybody, has ever, anybody else has ever noticed that. I know when I played football, one side of the crowd was cheering when I got the ball and the other side wanted to kill me when I got the ball. I thought that's, that was interesting. And here's what I note about Palm Sunday. Is on Palm Sunday, all of Jerusalem is laying palms in front of Jesus, saying "Hosanna to the Hosanna in the highest." And just a few days later, on the Friday, they're all yelling, "Crucify him!" Crowds can be very fickle. Don't let the crowds determine who Jesus is. Don't don't let the crowds determine whether you've got value in the sight of Christ. Everybody has value in the sight of Christ. The opportunities are the same for everybody. There's enough of Jesus for all of us. Thank God for that. How big's your appetite, though? We've all just come off Christmas going, no, I'm full, thanks. I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah, thanks. But has your appetite for Christ? Verse 4, so he ran on ahead. See what he does? Yeah, you know, in the first century, for a man to run, people would look down their nose. It was... This is abandoning himself. These guys wore, for want of a better time, these, these guys wore, wore long dressing gowns, long gowns. You know, running wasn't easy. In fact, if you wanted to run in the first century, you had to prepare yourself. It's called girding up your loins. You had to kind of wrap all your dress and skirt and everything up and, and get ready to run. But Zacchaeus doesn't do any of that. I don't care what everybody thinks. I'm not going to let the crowd stifle me. I'm going to run up ahead and climb up into a sycamore tree. Imagine the crowd. We've all been around enough humans long enough to know that the crowds that hated Zacchaeus were probably jeering at him up in the tree. I wonder what that would turn like. Let's have a look in a moment. He climbed up into a sycamore tree and I just want to ask before we go any further, what does that sycamore tree look like for you? Does it mean getting up a bit earlier? Does it... Does it mean spending more time in God's Word? Does it, does, is this the year that you do more study? Uh, study wasn't a very good thing for me. Uh, a lot of my teachers, God bless them, I know there's teachers in the room, so God bless you. You do a wonderful job, and I was a student once. Uh, but a lot of my teachers got to the point where they said, you know what, school's not for you, bro. <laughs> Ever thought about leaving? Yes, I had, and so I did. Climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus hasn't said a word, right? Zacchaeus didn't yell out. He's not waving a flag. He says, you know what? Jesus knows who Zacchaeus is. And when Jesus sees the lengths that Zacchaeus has gone to, Jesus says, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. In the first century... The greatest, uh, the greatest outward act of intimacy was to have a meal with somebody. 
Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night time. And why did he come to Jesus at night? Because he wanted a private audience with Jesus. Because Nicodemus was the spiritual leader of Jerusalem at that point in time. And he realized something. I'm missing something. You've got something, Jesus, that I don't have. And so he wanted a private audience with Jesus. So he came at night time. And you would come when work was done and you would have a meal. And that was the greatest, deepest sense of intimacy in the first century. It's why in the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 20, when Jesus is speaking to the church at Laodicea, he says, Lo, I stand at the door and knock. Opportunity, right? The message to Laodicea, which is a lukewarm church, is you stand on the threshold of an opportunity. I'm knocking at the door. You can repent now. And Jesus says, if you open the door, what does he say? I will come in and I will eat with you and you with me. It's a two-way intimate relationship. What this speaks about is intimacy. Interestingly, Zacchaeus isn't counting coins There's a whole Mary and Martha thing going on here, isn't it? We can get busy in the kitchen when Jesus calls us just to sit at his feet. I want to encourage you, make this the year when you find your place at the feet of Christ. Uh, I've known people in ministry that have gone out of ministry. I've known people, uh, it seems to be trendy today for very popular people in Christianity to put their hand up and say, I'm deconverting. They don't even know what that word means, I don't think, but you know what, I'm deconverting. Okay, all right, uh, good for you, but what does that even mean? We've got Hillsong uh, uh, musicians and we've got prominent pastors and those that have written books are saying, you know what, I- I'm deconverting. I wonder whether they were converted in the first place. That's an interesting conversation for another day. Uh, however, w- when you've met Jesus, you're not going to walk away. But when you scratch beneath the surface, you'll find one commonality. They've lost their place at the feet of Christ. If if you're at the feet of Christ, what does Mary teach us? (laughs) I don't want to be anywhere else but right here. (laughs) It's unfortunate that life gets in the way. We could just sit in the presence of God. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house. And so he hurried and he came down and he received him joyfully. Love those words. And when they, who's the they? When they saw it, they all grumbled. (laughs) He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, and we'll get to that in a moment, but uh, notice what the crowd does. They're all grumbling. Why? Because they've missed out. Oh, he goes in to be the guest of a tax collector. That tax collector is unclean. It's interesting. uh, Everybody that was deemed to be unclean, when they touched Jesus or in the presence of Jesus, they didn't make Jesus unclean. Jesus made them clean. The leper in Matthew 8, "If if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus says, I will, and touches him. Jesus should have been unclean, but that's not what happened. The leper became clean. They're grumbling because they've missed out. The sad truth that these guys need to realise is that tax collectors, prostitutes were running into the kingdom of God while the religious people were running away from it. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner and and here's here's how to know when someone's been in the presence of God and here's what the presence of Jesus does. 
It doesn't increase your bank account necessarily. Sometimes it does. It doesn't mean you'll get a new Mercedes in the driveway. It doesn't mean those things. What it means is this. It means that a transformation comes to your heart. Have a listen to what happens to Zacchaeus. Uh, you know, we can chase the experience. Uh, a little bit more about this. I, I couldn't... Uh, the book of Exodus, we're going to get back to the book of Exodus in a few weeks, but uh, the, the reason I believe that the Exodus is the message is I believe God is positioning and preparing this church. And we often think the promised land is heaven, but it's not. It's for here. It's for now. We don't have enemies in heaven, but they had enemies when they went to the promised land. You have to fight to, to take hold of. Uh, but the good news is for us that Christ has won the victory, right? Yeah. But when, when we get to Exodus chapter 32 and 33... There's some powerful chapters. Chapter 32 is about the golden calf. And it wasn't just that Aaron made a calf. What does Aaron say? Give me your gold. (laughs) As if we don't hear that today. Uh, But Aaron not only made a calf, but they wanted something they could dance around. And then they, they called the calf Yahweh. This is God. And God was so infuriated, he says to Moses, you know what, I'll give you everything you want. I'll give you all the experiences you're chasing. You want the promised land? I'll give you the promised land. I'll subdue your enemies. I'll give you everything you want, but I'm not going with you. And Moses says, and I pray that by the end of this year, we all say the same thing. Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, then don't take us up from here. Why? Because all that stuff doesn't matter if we don't have your presence. And we're all about chasing the experience and we're all about, you know, we know revivals come when there's prayer lines and all these other things. No, you'll know when you're in the presence of God. All these other things. Seek first, make my kingdom your priority and all these things will be added. What does a transformed heart look like? Verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. He's ready to give it all away. This is a stark contrast to the rich young ruler who grabbed hold of everything and ran away from Christ sad. Uh, Zacchaeus says, You know what? I'll give it all away. I just want you, Jesus. Right now, you're in my house. I want you, so I'll give everything away. Listen to what he says. He, he says, I, uh, The half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone, <laughs> if... If I've defrauded anyone, anything, I'll restore it fourfold. Chances are he hasn't got that in the bank. Chances are this is going to cost him everything. When we see the value of Christ, we will give everything to secure Christ. Have a listen to the words of Jesus that are coming up. Verse 9, and Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to this house. When everybody else missed out, Zacchaeus, I walked through crowds of thousands, Zacchaeus, and all of them will go home today unaffected. But I'm having tea in your house and salvation has come. Transformation has come to this house. Since why? He's also a son of Abraham. Not in the eyes of the Jews. He was unclean. Jesus says, no, he's, he's a son of Abraham and the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This year, I pray that we would seek the presence of Christ. 
You know what? Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. A lawyer comes to Jesus and says, how do you sum up the law, Jesus? There's all these rules and regulations. I, 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 can, I can barely keep up. And Jesus says, well, how do you read it? And he says, well, I would sum the law up with love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus says, you've answered well. You know, we get lost in the things and we get lost. I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. I believe God's calling us just to love him. Let not 2023 be another year when Jesus passes you by, but find your sycamore tree. Maybe it's getting up earlier. Maybe it's a greater commitment. Maybe it's more study, all those things. But, but whatever you have to do, find your sycamore tree so that Jesus does not pass you by. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that Jesus is available. I thank you that you want us, Lord. When I read the Gospels, I read about a God who wanted me. Lord, I pray that we would want you too. I pray that every person would be drawn closer to you. Let us see more of you. Let us know more of you. Let us... We want your presence, Lord. That's... We seek your presence, we seek you, and I thank you that it's available to every person in this room. I thank you today that our past does not disqualify us, that our weaknesses does not disqualify us, that our, uh, that our shortcomings do not disqualify us, but that Jesus, you came and you qualified all of us. Draw us closer, I pray, Lord. In your wonderful and glorious name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.